the last time I documented a dream? I have two to talk to you about. Are you ready? Excellent. I, I think I am. The, the last time, let me just go into my day one. I have two, I have two dreams and I told you one of them. And then we told Linda and she reacted as if it was a much better deal than I ever expected it to be. And I have since been riddled with anxiety. <laughs> so let's, you let's know, just talk about, two, there are two things. <laughs> Linda would feel really great as a therapist to know that the first thing she did was to inject a whole lot of anxiety into your dream. <laughs> How do you not? She she reacted. She's so, first of all, so incredibly kind. Like, yeah. this woman exudes goodness, right? Yes, Patience, goodness. Um, you can tell she thinks slowly, like we've been sort of that refrain here yeah she like is we've been working on we've been working on we've been practicing and admiring in others um and so i just want to say of course she would never <laughs> intentionally riddle me with anxiety that's on me but she did respond as if this was a as if my dream was something that we should talk about so i have i have two the first one i just thought was funny and i think you as my friend will think it's funny i dreamt i was in a band for my first live performance at a piano and the band leader was actor edward herman i was sitting on stage waiting to uh waiting to play and i realized i looked around and every other player in this band were drummers with full drum kits herman was very supportive but we couldn't actually start the show because uh, I could not hear my own piano over all of the incessant drumming <laughs> when we started. It was a piano and nine drum sets. So that was one. <laughs> don't know what that means. Uh, don't know what uh, the good Carl Jung would say. The second one, this is the one that, that, that actually caused the turmoil, is that I was dreaming. This is a corona dream. I was dreaming that my family, four of us, whenever we would leave our house, another we would create a clone of ourselves. Right. And so, like, mm -hmm. I would leave the house and I would come back and there would be another me with me. So there'd be two. And and our responsibility as members of the family would be to uh, we would have to take ownership of slaughtering our clones so that there would only be one. And so my son, 14, was pushing his clones off the house and watching them <laughs> tumble to their death. And my daughter wow. was slashing the throats of her clones and wrapping them up in old towels and duct tape. And the only other thing I remember from the dream is her screaming, I'm out of tape! I'm out of tape! <laughs> and, wow. And that was it. And I, so I told you guys that, and both of you, as professional healers in the mental health space, were like, were, you responded as if this was something that we should, we should address maybe in a, in a paid session. <laughs> <laughs> I think we said something really thoughtful and yes. uh, considered like, holy shit, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, it would be Linda who said that. I would never say such a thing to you, Pete. No, um, you're far less crass. We'll, right. we'll blame that on Linda because she's yeah. not here. Um, <laughs> Well, Linda would not say that. I think she. the first thing she said was, Pete, I'm really honored you would share that with me as somebody you don't even know. At which point you were like, oh, <laughs> was well, I, I supposed not to share that with <laughs> This is very much a ready, fire, aim scenario. I'm so sorry <laughs> that I unburdened myself on you as someone I don't know. <laughs> 
spectacular. <laughs> oh, man. Well, did you have a moment to go use Linda's incredible exercise at the end? Well, I didn't while we were talking about it. Uh-huh. And the answer is no. I haven't done the exercise. I was going to try and dance around it, but I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> well, maybe we could do it. Like right now? Yeah. It's a lot of pressure, man. That's a lot of pressure. All right, well, you, you're going to have to lead me. You're going to have to lead me through right. that. How do you how do you do that? Do you want to just take the first one, real quick? The drummer, the dr- little. We're going to call that the little drummer boy. Mm-hmm. Little piano boy. Little drummer boy. Little piano boy. <laughs> okay. All right. I guess the exercise was to take each element of the dream and to draw it first. Let's just. Just for kicks, give us a little sketch while you're drawing. You're gonna like you want yeah. me to talk about what I'm drawing. It doesn't have to be anything any that's intelligible to anybody else. Just just so that you're going through a process of creating form with another part of your brain. Okay. All right. Well, I'm doing my part here. I'm opening up a new sketch notebook, and I am I'm drawing. And so what I'm seeing as I think about this dream is I see it's it's a very classic stage, right? It's a classic proscenium stage with a big arc and there are footlights that line the stage and it's a deep wood, like deep, dark, rich wood. And there are bright red velvet curtains that hang around the frame of the, of the stage. And Ed, actor Edward Herman is uh is there in the front and it's i think maybe uh is this a whiplash dream yeah i'm a big movie guy and whiplash the final scene of whiplash i found incredibly powerful to me nobody else seemed to like that scene the way i did maybe that's part of my damage and so i'm he's standing there but he was kind that's the difference the uh jk simmons in whiplash was not kind mm. at the end as he's learning all of his his lessons uh but i was sitting off stage right and um i'm at a grand piano and i am just waiting to play and i have no music that's probably important i left that out and uh there are nine drummers squeezed in in a row three by in rows three by three on the stage left (laughs) all drumming and they're it's one of those like dream space bits where i'm trying to draw it and I can't because there isn't enough space. But in the dream, of course, there is enough space. Right. Where it felt like a normal size stage, but somehow, as you approached each drummer, they were normal size, but they must have been two like miniature drummer, little tiny drummers, and drum mm. sets. And that then they all started playing at the same time. And uh, the, I don't I don't know if they were playing the same song. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just this cacophonous roar of of a meter. <laughs> this Were they a, even in the same tempo, a, or a rhythmic? Was... No, a rhythmic distraction is what I would call. As I would call so it. they might have all been like four year olds pounding on the drum sets at right guitar I, center. Yeah, I don't remember what I was playing, but the first thing that comes to mind now is like Furalise, right? Like the first classical piece <laughs> that anyone ever plays, which doesn't require a drum set, let alone nine of them. <laughs> That's where that's where I am. So that's my stage. Pete, 
Linda has just taught us that dreams are sacred communication, and I am laughing, and I apologize, (laughs) (laughs) because this is clearly a sacred moment from your unconscious, that it would put, you know, drummers in three-by-three playing in a cacophonous, asynchronous roar to completely overwhelm your (laughs) furilis. Yes. (laughs) That is it. Right. So, thankfully, um, God, thankfully, actor Edward Herman and national treasure, actor and national treasure Edward Herman was there and was kind. I think that's right. a note. So, for Edward, national treasure he is, um, we would want to ask uh, something important here. Um, make three statements about him. I am. I uh, about me as if I am Edward Herman. Yes. Be Edward for a moment. Okay. I am kind. Mm-hmm. I am patient. And I am gracious. All right. Um, right. I'm not sure if any of the drummers, if one can be distingu- distinguished from another, but let's at least make a statement on behalf of one of the drummers, maybe all nine of them at once. We am. <laughs> we am. Yeah. Uh, we am ob- uh, obnoxious, annoying, disquieting. Yeah. You might be a grand piano, Pete, and if you were, you might say, I am what? That's so strange, because you would imagine that a grand piano would be this thing that could present, right? That could represent. It's a grand piano. It has grand... It's in the name, like what you get. Mm -hmm. It's on the name. Uh, But it was um, quiet and ignored and... um, um, uh, uh, shunned. Wow. You might even be a little piece of music that's being played. It was it perhaps it, Furelise? Well, that's the thing. Like I, I, it could have been Furelise, but there was no sheet music. Like there was nothing to play. Wow. Um. So, do you want to uh, give it a shot, though? What I mean, whatever that piece of music it might have been. Um, I am small. I am simple. Um, I am quaint. Hmm. This is like this is like a lenticular postcard, right? Of because I'm suddenly seeing these words as they come out of my mouth. Like I would not have put those all those things together, but I can start seeing shape. Yeah. And finally, you as the piano player, you are, I am. Um, Embarrassed. Uh, I am ashamed. Um, I am alone. Ugh, God, man. What have you done? (laughs) (laughs) So then we take all of these. I mean, you know brave guy who might be reminded he is the editor of this show so if anyone is hearing this stuff it's only because pete was it's going to this show enough. is going to be about three minutes long it's going to start with hi dodge i'm recording and end with i love you man <laughs>
<laughs> it could be very well just that. Yes. Well, so then if I read these back to you, here's what I hear you saying. I am kind, patient, and gracious. I'm obnoxious, annoying, disquieting. I'm quiet, ignored, shunned. I'm small, simple, quaint. And I'm embarrassed, ashamed, and alone. Mm. True stories of a podcaster. What are you finding that comes up as uh, I just read those back to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I it, it's amazing. That's the lenticular postcard piece, right? It's like all of those things feed into, I miraculously feed into uh, both, I think, the necessary elements of ego required to do what I have chosen to do or am driven to do every day, uh, and also the massive dose of imposter syndrome and that that comes with it that i'm yeah. also battling every day to yeah. press record yeah i bet some feelings come up with that man yeah right I mean, that's well a and powerful and part, thing you do to, totally. to work through that every day i think so i think so because what you know what i keep what i keep sort of noodling on is what my what i see my mission as and i I can't remember if it was you or our our mutual dear friend kurt who characterized me as an enthusiasm multiplier and and i've always sort of carried that with me like that that i'm a guy who gets excited about something and does a pretty darn good job of helping build that excitement on behalf of others and it kind of fits what i do like i I love you so much and your message. Like, I want to magnify that. Like, that's why I'm here mm. is to just uh, it multiply the enthusiasm around what you do and the way you think about the world and approach it. That's powerful for me. And the curse of that experience is that I cannot get myself out of the way completely and still do that. Mm. Right. Which if I could just, if I were where incredibly I wealthy, I would just sit down and throw money at the problem, <laughs> you know, just advertise it and sit in a, sit in a beanbag chair more often. Um, but I have to be present. I have to be present and sort of honor that. And that's that. What what we just in those twelve words described my whole career. Wow. How many shows have you got right now? That I'm actively producing or episodes I've ever produced? No, active, yeah, different shows you're actively in the process of producing. Uh, 14, soon to be 15. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've got, since 2006, <clears throat> I mean, I'm cruising up toward 3,000 individual episodes. Wow. I, I kind of wondered if, like, <laughs> we weren't at some level like the cacophony of drummers to leave you feeling, you know, small, simple, quaint, a little bit, you know, oh, no. overwhelmed by, like, all of our noise. <laughs> Here we are accompanying you, and we're just, like, pounding away. I don't know. It's certainly not what you said a moment ago. You said really kind yeah. things about the your love of supporting the many uh, people and shows you believe in so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, yeah. So, so I, come, you know, I'm curious. What did you take? Uh, let's let's switch to you now. <laughs> well, <laughs> coming back, let, yeah. Well, let's just 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 so we don't totally drop it halfway through. Just finishing oh, the exercise. that exercise. Yeah. The last right. piece we could do there, and I and I am now seeing the the real power of the last part. She was saying optionally, what you can then do is take all of those things as elements your unconscious is wanting you to know more about in yourself and write yourself a letter. Mm. Yeah, I'm, you know, and I'll take that a little bit as rote because what we just talked about is what I would have written. Exactly. You just did I that. I think that's, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like people listening, I, I hope you're not taking this as, this is, this is me and my anxiety coming out right now of my mouth. I hope mm-hmm. you don't take this as just more Pete navel gazing. And I want you to understand that in spite of me kind of laughing my way through it, this is an impactful experience. Like Interesting. That we were able to, do- to, to discern in 12 words the, the, you know, both sides of the sword that is that, that I feel like I carry and sometimes fall on. That, that's huge. Yeah. It's yes. huge. Yeah, and they can't see your face as I can over this no. Zoom call, but I can see a lot of feeling was really coming yeah. up for you as I read those words back to you. I, I, I wondered as I read them back whether you would just find it funny and make a joke, but I was like, oh, damn, that really landed. Pete just no, got no, some yeah, great no, stuff she, right there. No, uh, yeah, it messed me up. No, That's I'm good. sorry, my friend. No, it's good. I love doing that on a podcast. It's awesome. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. <laughs> sorry. Man, I'm going to go from the board any minute right. now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with your license, Doc Ray? Right. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, buddy, well, I, Next week, I we're coming to you from, from Costa and, Rica. <laughs> <laughs> and please do do feel permission to decide whether you you know want to put that out there. What what I loved about it, if if you do feel comfortable about it, is oh, sure. is yeah. uh, it's such a great example of exactly what dreams can do. Like we took the funny dream, yeah, just the right. silly one, and you're like working hard, you know, to your eyes brimming and all, you know, yeah. it, like that was a lot right there. And we're mostly talking about the cacophony of hilarious drummers, and it was really funny until we used. Linda's exercise to just bring forward what is that really telling you never in a million years would I have imagined that there because when I think about it like it was so clear that it was national treasure actor Edward Herman and he doesn't matter at all it's like what he represents to me when you put those words to it are completely disconnected with uh, you know with who he is Uh, and but it was it, it, that is incredibly powerful. It's always that's the laugh line, man. That's the joke, and he is the soul of that dream experience for me. Fascinating, right? Yes, I did not did see that coming. He, totally didn't see that coming either. Yeah, I'm gl- really glad I went with the uh, the playful dream. Right? Yeah, I was trying to make it easy on you, and then here it comes. Like it's incredible what a dream will do, and it really brings home something I had never fully considered before. I love that part where Linda is is naming the four different kinds of dreams, and none of them are noise. None yeah. of them are ordinary. Yeah. Even the right. ordinary dream is a gift, right? It is consi- it is to be considered sacred, and now I get why at a whole different level. Literally, you just taught me that, but I was like, damn, look at that. Yeah. 
really really beautiful how Such powerfully that brought you to a to parts of yourself that probably are hard to fully claim kind patient gracious i don't know how much you will give yourself credit for that you know yeah for, it, it has to be like that's on on reflection it's um it, it's taking the taking a break to to think that those are equal parts to everything yeah. else right right that that those are all equal pieces to the puzzle of you know living yeah amazing well i really love linda odom i mean just as a person because we've been dear friends for a long time she's been in many ways kind of my closest study partner studying with ted klontz um mm -hmm. though she is in my mind as masterful as ted is she's just such a wonderful sponge of great wisdom in the world that she knows talent when she sees it and so we often studying in ted's living room for years and years and years linda and i would always be sharing the same couch <laughs> and so we were often we would turn to each other when we had an exercise and linda and i would get to do it together and that's part of why we know each other so well after all these years but it was really a treat to to have her on the show talking about uh something she knows so well and uses so well yeah She's well. She like, clearly yeah. is. Uh, you know, she clearly. What I love so much about it was that it wasn't just a. Um, it wasn't just an experience of her coming on to do a reading. You know what I mean? Like she, she. Right. Got, there was enough history and enough sort of foundational wisdom and experience and knowledge and training that that she was able to share. That I think it made it. Um, I, I think it made it a more powerful experience. I hope. I hope people will digest the whole thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's fun to get to spend a little time with that idea of Carl Jung's that until we make the unconscious conscious it will rule our lives and we will call it fate yeah I tweeted that immediately like as she said it I put it on Twitter and I think my I think my citation was Carl Jung new line whoa <laughs> <laughs> right that blew my mind. That blew my mind in so many ways. Like when you when you look at that and and think about how well that encapsulates what we are living through right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Our, our sort of collective unwillingness to or, or inability to embrace the factual experience of the lived world and uh, to I, I think that there are a lot of things that are in the way and for her to be able to so succinctly bring it back to a deeply personal experience and what's going on inside and the things we're scared of and the things we can't cope with uh, yeah. I found really powerful yeah for those out there who are wondering what in the world that means we will it will rule our lives and we will call it fate yeah um, one easy example is to think you know I just have no luck in love or I have, uh, you know, I've always just had great luck with money or terrible luck with money. Carl Jung would say, no, there's, this isn't about luck. This is about the parts of you that are at work that you're not fully aware of that are pushing on you. That you're going and choosing a man who was like your alcoholic dad and calling it bad luck or 
you are sabotaging your money experience and you're saying, you know, this is the way it always goes for people like me. Um, or you're having wonderful experiences in both counts, um, but there's a very good chance you would say that this has to do with parts of you you don't know very well yet. And they, they're they just enacting old scripts um, at the very least. And probably Sigmund Freud could go that far too, but Carl Jung would add something wonderful. You're not just working out old conflicts and old experiences in your present day life. Carl Jung talks about this aspect of a, uh, I don't know that he would use the phrase higher self. I wish I were more of a Jung expert, but he's talking about this deeper, more real you that is rooting for this human self. <laughs> that is wanting to draw you into your growth, into your wholeness. And so those experiences wouldn't just be examples of your screwed upness. They would be opportunities for you to heal an old story, a chance for you to yeah. move forward. So I say all of that just to say um, we don't have to just play those out in our lives. We play them out in our dreams every night. That yeah. unconscious is here to yeah. teach us, yeah. just as it was with that hilarious, you know, funny dream of <laughs> nine drum kits on what sounds like, and I just want to congratulate this, it sounds like uh, your first gig in your new unusual band was like at the Kennedy Center or something. Because yeah, no, it was hot. <laughs> yeah, right. There's 2,200 people sitting in the audience. <laughs> watching. Although what's funny about that is that now that you say that, I should add, I, I don't have any memory of people there. I remember mm -hmm. having all of the shame and smallness as if I was being yeah. watched, but I don't remember seeing any faces. So. Yeah. There it nah. is right there. There it is right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's super important and hard to... You look at the, the paradox of change, right? It's mm -hmm. hard to take seriously until... It's hard to yeah. take any of that seriously <laughs> until you give yourself the grace and the patience to to ask the questions, to write down those things. And I think, I, like, I didn't even do, I didn't do it, and I was sitting right there. She literally was staring at me in the camera and said, do this thing. And I was like, oh, I'll do it when I'm in a more mindful space. I'll do it when I'm, you know, when, when it's later mm -hmm. and I'm, I can take time to think. Because I thought, ah, there's no way I'd ever be able to really get to the heart of things. And you did it for me in about 45 seconds. Like, right. that's amazing. It might be really neat to do that, you know, with a piece of paper and your second dream, because that one's intense, man. Yeah. Now I'm scared of it. <laughs> why would I Why would I want to unpack that? <laughs> right. Well, there's the big question that people out there are probably asking. I mean, the first yeah. objection we have to addressing dreams and the unconscious, for that matter, is like, come on, really? How much change are we going to get out of that? Yeah. Well, sure. We didn't even really work with that dream. All we did was to help kind of unpack it a little bit in a few minutes and bam, it had yeah. gotten to some big stuff for you that fast. And then the next question quickly becomes, wait, do I really want to do that again? <laughs> and <laughs> Maybe I need a month. Just to rest. Yeah, do I need a month? Yeah, but maybe. Do you? What does your practice look like? Like, do you do this stuff practically? I have. Um, I haven't kept a dream journal for a long time, and uh, 
And after this conversation with Lent, uh, I'm kind of going, yeah, wait a minute. I think I'm missing something. You are too. I had this cool experience with Linda. We we were part of another training experience that wasn't organized around Ted at all. Um, and I know she had very carefully thought through in a conscious way and a series of discussions and so on whether she wanted to be part of that. And then it had joined it. And then before engaging in season two, um, apparently had considered in a very new way and wrote to everybody that she'd really been listening to her dreams carefully and she knew that um, continuing with that training opportunity wasn't for her. And I was really impressed by that. I was like, wow, I clearly, A, am not listening to my dreams the way she does and definitely not honoring them the way she does. Um, how yeah? How do you... To know what's... To let it help me make a big decision yeah. is something I've... I've never done, really. They'll come to me sometimes, interrupt my life, and teach me something, but rarely do I go, do I follow them to see what they want to tell me that like that. I'm very curious about that. The whole concept of being able to discern discrete messages out of dream imagery, because I know how I feel, and that feeling can be transformational in and of itself, but how would you be able to like take that and and make a message that you understand out of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how could she find that sort of clarity out of that yeah. message? Well, I can give you, as she would say, just sort of my initial thoughts. I love the way she would answer questions like that, by the way. Yeah. I like how patiently she would let herself have initial thoughts with this clear implication that I might have a much deeper answer for you later, but for now, let me yeah. say this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is great. Um, right. So I'm going to say that to you now and then say, um, how would you discern a message from that? Well, first of all, I think, I think we take action from a very different place when we have allowed ourselves to digest the emotional material associated with our, let's say, dilemma, mm-hmm. right? whether it's a choice or it's a problem or it's a whatever like when we act from the middle of the feeling um we take really different action than we do after the feeling has come and peaked and passed which makes me think of our last guess right suman and and vipassana was teaching Mm -hmm. us like the reactivity is the problem it's not to say the idea is to sit on a meditation cushion and never, never take action again. It's to say if you take action from a place where the you're, it's not reactive but responsive, you've already had the full experience and then you've noticed what comes from it, then there's a kind of clarity, right? So maybe you would spend time with being in real touch. Maybe you'd write that letter or you'd have this conversation we did together where you're contacting the party that's kind and patient and gracious. Maybe you're even holding that together with the part that's obnoxious, annoying, and disquieting at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right? Like those words I shared of Jerry Campbell's, what if we can be both at, at once? Would that shift yeah. what I was doing with my podcasts? Do yeah. I find myself, you know, impelled from from somewhere previously unknown? to do something new, to take a different course, to uh, 
try something else. If I'm in touch with quiet, ignored, and shunned, but also small, simple, and quaint, where do I go? Maybe it's nowhere yet. Maybe you need a bunch more dreams before you get clear that, ah, my dreams are asking something of me. Maybe for now it's just making contact with those. Well, and I can totally imagine that. uh, I, I feel like what you're getting at is the experience of, and if you go back to Suman, the experience of of waiting until you achieve at least some sort of integration, at least some sort of, I'm not going to react right now, I'm going to respond once I've been able to internalize all of the information, right? Like, I need more data. And I can imagine that, that dreams can be incredibly guiding, if only because once I'm in touch with that feeling of, you know, ashamed and quiet, um, then I, I might really feel a sensation of, huh, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like that anymore. And maybe that's the whole experience. And as soon as the, I don't want to outweighs the, you know, I really want to, then you can make change, right? Yeah. I don't want to live this experience that causes me to feel this way inside without the payoff and for me right now the payoff is great because i get to showcase you and other people that i love and do so in a way that allows me to sort of magnify put my resources toward magnifying my enthusiasm around these things and that payoff is right now it's i wanna and not i don't wanna and the the gap is still very positive in favor of doing these things Absolutely. And you know what? The wisdom that brings forward (laughs) for me is to remember, Linda would say, like, these are aspects of self. Yeah. It's not necessarily all one soup that runs the whole gamut from kind to alone 15 words later. Um, There is an aspect of you that is kind, patient, and gracious. Another one that is embarrassed, ashamed, and alone. Yeah. Yeah, another one that's obnoxious, right? These are different elements of you. Um different fully functioning selves though not autonomous thankfully or you'd be you know you'd have dissociative identity disorder um but (laughs) thanks for bringing it back to the work dutch that's good yep we're back we're back term term drop nice you're not as yep um but but (laughs) you know what's really cool is that um when you contact those different parts you can go okay so there's a part of me that's embarrassed ashamed and alone um, that can be attended to by an aspect of me that's kind, patient, and gracious. Yeah. Like one part of me can be real kind to another. And I get to decide who's driving. They're all on the bus as I run all these 14 podcasts. Mm-hmm. But I get to decide, like, who's mostly in charge. And I'll rem- remind you, and this is funny, it took me this long to remember it. Do you remember me telling you a, a friend had written from overseas to say he'd been following the podcast and the first thing he wanted me to know was that Pete Wright is a national treasure (laughs) (laughs) and that we needed a lot more of him on the show Uh, which fortunately anyone who can hear this knows that and that's probably why they're paying $5 a month is so they can hear more Pete but it's really funny that you described Herman as a national treasure it is funny and that's, that's in my notes from the dream Actor yeah. and national treasure, Edward Herman. I might have been being cheeky at the time, but that is absolutely my sense memory of him. Right. Right. And my experience of you in 
so many ways. Um, though I can I can appreciate all of these <laughs> these elements of you. It is your kind, patient, graciousness that shows up for work every time we're working together, and is you know the the leading parts of you in any friendship we've had for thirty years. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah, but. How cool that, you know, yeah. all of these are here and they all deserve your attention. I hope people yeah. are doing this right now. Do the, Go th- ask the questions. Dream. Man, it's crazy. Can I tell you, just since you were so vulnerable today, I'll just yeah. throw some more out there as if I didn't do enough in the interview with Linda. Linda makes me feel so safe. I'll tell her all kinds of dreams and then like <laughs> later be like, that's going out to millions of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Millions, for sure. My for God, sure. what have I done? But I'll tell you another dream. That night, hang, after hang our on one second. Hey, Brene, yeah, this is Pete. Dodge says he doesn't want to publish that on your podcast. Okay. Brene <laughs> says we're fine. Brene Brown is the best. <laughs> God, she and I are such friends. Um, <clears throat> that's a different dream, though. Um, <laughs> This is a dream about me. I had this dream that I was in an airplane and one of the doors flew open. And and I, for some reason in the dream, jumped out of it without a parachute. And on the way down, had this like very long dream of me flying through the air, hurtling toward Earth, realizing like all the people I would leave behind and how much I wanted to live. And I'm literally wow. trying to figure out how to parachute my T-shirt, like, and realizing that's not slowing me down, so now what am I going to do, right? Yeah. And what it came to was me basically just praying, God, this is on you now, man. I want to stay here. And landing hard on my feet and realizing I was alive, and then I woke up. Wow. Have you done yeah. the exercise? I haven't yet. I think I've been scared to like you, but now I, having watched you do it, I realize I got to do it. You got to do it. You got to find the 12 words. Yeah. I am I a t-shirt. I guess I would be doing the airplane, the open door, the flying the, through the, the air, the t-shirt, myself and God. Yeah. I'm totally going right. to do it. You got to do it. Yeah. You got to do it. And I wonder, I like part of me wants you to do it like right now. Um, but I know we've been talking for a while and, you know, clients await. But I, I just I just feel like it's important enough that you are able to take a step back. And maybe maybe we save this for um, or we just give you an assignment to come back and report on our season one finale. Yeah. for people where we get to talk a little bit more about your lesson learned here because I think it's that's amazing and I don't think I would have thought it's a, it was amazing until I just did that process I think yeah. there is some there are some powerful things in there that I want to hear you reflect on yeah make a note intern make a note <laughs> <laughs> is that your your puppy on the couch over there yeah, is no. making a note? <laughs> he's, he's, let me tell you he's terrible at his job Terrible. <laughs> he just looks at me and keeps on typing. Three All words right. on on Gambit would be <laughs> adorable, fuzzy, right. incompetent, unproductive, <laughs> incompetent. Yes. 
right, anyway, yeah. uh, this is Lindo is uh, she's the national treasure. She's amazing, and uh, so very lucky that she was able to to join us and and have that conversation. Do you have any other notes you want to throw out uh, for the people? Oh, I just renewed my gratitude for my friendship with Linda in, yeah. in that interview and also my uh, frustration that I could never be her client anymore because we're friends. I yeah. was like, ah, lucky Stupid ducks. ethics. <laughs> God, today yeah. I bite you in the butt every time. <laughs> every time, I know. Well, if I hear from the board, I'll let you know. In the meantime, Please do. I hope that I'll dream you. takes you somewhere great. Maybe it'll be Costa Rica. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out, everybody. All Love right. you, babe. Love you, bud.